Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. Howdy do, everybody. Oh my god. <laughs> I was not Welcome. expecting that. <laughs> the funniest part is, is that before we start these episodes, we're just like sitting there being like, yeah, yeah, that, this is what happened today. And then we start recording, we're like, hey, everybody. We got to turn that? on the charm for our listeners. It's so true. But in the in the spirit of transparency, that that's what it's like recording the Two Degrees Hotter podcast, which mm-hmm. is what you're listening to right now in case you took a wrong turn and you didn't know where you ended up. That's where you ended up. Um, hello, I'm one of your hosts, Kylie. And I'm Anya. And we really said, cameras on action. Here we are. Yeah. Ready to record for you. Yeah. And today we are doing a little walk down memory lane, I would say. We've done mm-hmm. a few dance episodes in the past, maybe just one, maybe just one like deep dive. But if you've been listening, yeah. you know that Kylie and I grew up dancing. We still dance as adults. That's how we know each other. Um, we grew up going to the same studio and we just thought it would be a great idea to unpack all of our embarrassing and traumatic yeah. stories uh, for your enjoyment. So that's yeah. what we're going to be doing today. Our pain is your pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we came up with this uh, episode idea because in the dance company that we're a part of, the first couple of weeks, we play name games to help like learn everyone's name. And one week, one of my choreographers had us say our name and tell a like standout story from growing up dancing and they all ended up being like traumatic embarrassing stories Mm -hmm. and they were just so funny and it was one of those moments where I hadn't thought about any of those experiences until like prompted to do so and once prompted I'll tell you what a lot came to mind so I'm excited I I, hopefully it's entertaining um I feel like anytime anyone's airing they're embarrassing yeah moments it's entertaining but hopefully for dancers and non-dancers alike it's uh it's a good episode i think it's gonna be fun yes but before we do that we will start out with our segments and the week in review So this was honestly like a very packed week for me. Like every day I had like some sort of appointment or like class or uh, just plan in general. Like I feel like I've been very go, go, go this week. And I won't bore you with like everything that I did this week. But the two highlights that I can talk about are I went to the MFA's Art in Bloom. uh, I think they call it a celebration, I guess, exhibit, whatever. Um, And then I went to a concert yesterday. So if you've never heard of the Art in Bloom, it's something that they do once a year. So it's kind of like unhelpful that I'm saying it now because you're like, cool, I can't go for literally a whole year, but it's a fun mm-hmm. concept. Put it on your calendars. Um, <laughs> basically, they work with all of these. There's, It's called a garden club. Apparently, these things exist. It's like town affiliated usually. So there's like the Sudbury mm-hmm. Garden Club, the Newton Garden Club. And I think it's like all of these volunteers that are part of this group that like enjoy gardening and like florals. And I think it seems like what they normally do is kind of like maintain local gardens in their town. So like, you know, like planting stuff outside the library and like that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. they uh, all participate in this Art in Bloom thing. And so basically what happens is like they sign up and they say like, I want to do it. 
And then they're all, they'll come in and they're assigned their piece. So the MFA like rotates what pieces are included. So it's like part of their um, permanent collection. Like all of the pieces are part of their permanent collection. It's not like it's a new exhibit, but they just Mm -hmm. uh, rotate out like which pieces are up for participating that year. So like every, they only rotate over every five years. So like if you go year over year, it's like a new experience. Um, And so, yeah, they all come in and they get assigned a piece. And this could be anything from like, a painting which they mostly are but there's also like at the mfa they have like furniture and like mm-hmm. bowls and like old grecian like statues like there's like all sorts of stuff jewelry like there's all sorts of stuff there so like it could be any of those things um and they have to create a arrangement or uh, they were calling it a pedestal a lot of times i don't know if that's like the more technical term in like the florist world um but yeah basically like a floral arrangement to like that is inspired by whatever art so some of them do it like pretty pretty like literally like some of them to kind of just recreate what the painting looks like in flowers and then some of them take like a more interpretive approach <laughs> so like I was gonna say like abstract approach yeah yeah so they'll like look up more so like what the meaning of the piece was and like go from there mm. um and yeah it was really cool it was super busy because it's only a Friday through Sunday because like the flowers have to stay alive so yeah makes sense but yeah. it wasn't like a special like you didn't have to pay more or anything you just paid the regular like museum admission so I went with my parents on Sunday we went on the last day and I was a little worried that like flowers would be dead but they weren't they like kept them up pretty nice nice. I, I think they looked pretty good um and yeah I think like the ones that just mimicked the art were super pretty but there was one that was really interesting where um I think it's called the Liberty Bowl so the MFA has this literal it's a punch bowl from the revolution like it was like made for the Sons of Liberty to have at their meetings and they would literally drink like rum punch out of that bowl but in practice it literally just looks like a silver bowl with like some signatures on it basically of like the Sons of Liberty and so I bet whoever got that like came in and they were like, uh, what am I supposed to do with this? Because <laughs> um, everyone else has like beautiful paintings and you're like, okay, yeah. silver bowl, sick. Um, <laughs> and what they ended up doing was they like researched where the ingredients for the rum punch would have come from at that time and brought in florals from those places. So there was like lots of like Ooh. tropical flowers and stuff. Yeah. So it was like pretty cool. But um, you needed to like really either listen to the guide or like read the display to like understand what the connection was because otherwise it's like huh but I feel like art's like that in general but yeah it was pretty cool I really like flowers so I enjoyed it I'll definitely go back next year especially knowing that they don't repeat so like it'll be all new pieces that are selected um and I also kind of like the idea that they don't get to pick what they do like it feels like a I don't know they're kind of like it feels like one of those like food network like oh, yeah. HGTV competition. <laughs> like I'm just picturing them like in a room with like judges being like, all right, you have your 25 pieces. minutes yeah. to create <laughs> your pieces. Yeah. It kind of uh, struck me more as like bid day almost. Like they all come into the yeah. MFA and they like open their envelope and they're like, what's your piece? And they're like, one person's like, oh, I got like this beautiful painting. And someone else is like, oh, I got a bowl. I got a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I also, I don't know why, but when I saw your posts on social media or your stories and this makes no sense this was such a stupid thing to think but it is what i thought i was like i thought the flowers came first i don't know why but i was like oh a painting based on the flowers please <laughs> literally so at the dumb. mfa <laughs> yeah literally at the mfa uh so this makes a lot more sense i'm glad mm-hmm. you clarified that for it was a head empty oh flower plus painting flower I notice flower first. Flower must come first. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Chicken and egg. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and then I mentioned that I also went to a concert and it was a Quinn 92 concert. And if you are aware of my history, you know that I'm always <laughs> the worst possible version of myself when I attend Quinn 92 concerts. Wait, that's concerts. so true. It's so true. I don't know what it is. Something about the energy. I just am <laughs> feral for no reason. Um, and that was the case last night. Not as bad as last time. I did not lose my wallet yeah, like last time, good. but it was a Thursday night and I just ended up far too hungover today and uh you know had to sit through and do my silly little job while feeling absolutely awful so I don't love that for me but it was a good concert and I didn't tell you this yet but it was a really crazy situation I had lots of really crazy run-ins yesterday with like different people one that you know about and then one I ran into Hannah Goldstein who we've had on the show and then the other weird thing so I was waiting at my bus stop to go in the direction of the concert and there were these two girls that were at the same bus stop as me and I noticed them because they like had some kind of like weird cat call situation. So I was kind of like, are you guys good? Like whatever. And so I like took in what they looked like and stuff. And then we were at the concert and um, they're right behind me. Like these same two girls are right behind me. So it was like they got on the same bus and then we went to the same concert and then we stood right next to each other. So like that was already weird. And then I got to talking to them and I was like, oh, do you like live, you know, nearby where we got on the bus? And they were like, yeah, they told me they literally live like 30 seconds away from me. And also, we talked more, and one of them literally went to my high school. No way. What? <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, the universe like really wants us to be friends because this is yeah. weird levels of coincidence right now. I'm um, assuming not your year. No, two years younger. So like, it's not surprising okay. that I wouldn't have known her. But yeah, we yeah, have like yeah. mutuals and everything. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, it just that kept getting weirder. Weird. Like, it was like, oh, where do you live? And we we're like, oh, wait, crazy. And then it's like where are you from originally? New Hampshire. Oh, wait, crazy. And then it was like, what town? And I was like, oh my God, like this is so weird. Like I literally know where she lives like in our town too. Oh my so, God. Yeah. It was very bizarre. And literally all my friends that I went to the concert with are like, <laughs> I've just been talking to this random girl for like 30 minutes. They're all like, what is going on? Like, and you're like, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I just made a friend. Thank you. So I have a yeah. number. I wow. told her if we have like a fire or something, they're welcome to come over. We'll see if Hell we become yeah. friends. Um, Love that. So yeah, those are my Silly goofy experiences of the week. Perhaps wow. we should rename this segment to that. The silly goofy experience of the week. Yeah. That's kind of fun. I kind of <laughs> like that. We should workshop that. Um, For me, I'm going to be honest. I feel like not a lot happened this week, mainly because if you live in the New England area, uh, this past week, we're recording this on May 5th. So like the week prior to that has been so unbelievably rainy Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just making me a little depresso. So I was like just in just such a pissy mood all week. I had no energy all week. It was just, I didn't like it. I wasn't into it. I already, like, I don't like rainy days, period. I can handle one, especially if it's, like, a day where I don't have to do anything. I'm like, okay, this is kind of nice to, like, chill and it's rainy and whatever. But if I had it my way, it would literally never rain ever if, you know, ecosystems in the environment were a factor. Um, And so to have literally like six days in a row of rain, I was like, this is, I'm heading straight towards a menti bee. Like this is Mm. so bad for my mental health. Um, So yeah, so I feel like I wasn't, I was in a bit of a rat era this week, I won't lie. I really struggled. Uh, but a little highlight was I did volunteer with my company at Habitat for Humanity on Wednesday, which was honestly a ton of fun. I've never done Habitat before, 
And so it was cool to, like, get to learn a little bit more about the organization. I, like, had no – I obviously knew that it, like, involved building houses for people in need, but I had no idea what, like, any of the eligibility requirements were, how the different, like, chapters and locations worked, um, or anything like that. So it was cool to learn more about the organization. And all of the people that were on our site were super cool and super nice. Uh, I was put on the worst team uh, possible. I was doing strapping, which if you don't know what that is, me either. Uh, but essentially, it's like, so, you know, studs in a wall. Yes. So they have like ceiling studs called joists, where it looks the exact same. I don't know why they made it a different name. That seems like yeah. a, a weird man thing to do. Just but like they the have framing those. of the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we were putting in these like wooden like planks perpendicular to the joists for like additional framing which meant that I was standing up on a six foot ladder hammering above my head for five hours yeah that's now wild. if you want to take a look at our Instagram you can take a look at what I look like and you'll know that I don't hammer period uh, let alone <laughs> above my head for five hours so I I was hurting I won't lie uh, yesterday I went to the grocery store before work and I l couldn't even like carry a carton of almond milk like into my cart. Like it like fell into my yeah. cart because my wrist and arm hurt so bad. My neck was killing me because all I did was look up all day. Uh, but what I will say, this was crazy. I was exceptionally bad at hammering, right? I mean, probably one of the worst they've ever seen. Uh, that's my legacy at Habitat. And I was really struggling and at one point the guy comes up to me and he's like did you play like tennis or like softball or anything like that and I was like no look no. at me look at me <laughs> of course I didn't and he was like well did you play like any sports and I was like no he was like did you do any activity <laughs> I <was> like, yeah <laughs> I was like I was a dancer and he goes oh okay he goes so you know Fosse and I, oh. I'm like Huh? Wow. And I'm like, yeah, I know Fosse. And he goes, so you know how Fosse's style, like a lot of his arm work, it's all in the hands. It's all in the wrist movements. You're flicking your wrist. Sir. I was like, how do you know Yeah, I, I do know that. I do know <laughs> that, Sam. And he was like, Fosse flick the hammer. Like, that's what you want to do. You're using way too much of your arm. You need to flick. And every time he walked by me from then on out, he was like, Fosse flick. And I was like, you're right, Sam. And finally, he comes up to me and he's like, my wife was a dancer. That's why I know oh, yeah. who Fosse is. Yeah, but I, like, That's I, niche. He probably saw the look on my face and was like, I got her. Yeah. <laughs> like, he really said, meet them where they are. Yeah, so true. <laughs> so true. And you know what? After he said that, my hammering got significantly better. Uh, my bent to straight nail ratio just completely inverted. It was so good. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. They do a lot of, like, group volunteering. It sounds like it's pretty hard to come by individual volunteer mm. slots. But they were telling us that, like, it does happen. People have to cancel. And then they'll have, like, individual spots open. Uh, so, yeah. So, definitely, if that's something you'd be interested in volunteering for, I would highly recommend it. Or if you, like, work in a more corporate setting that likes to do volunteer philanthropic days like that, uh, definitely recommend it to HR or your operations team or whoever like handles that stuff because uh, it, it was a ton of fun. It, they were they were very good. They made it a good day, even though I was in so much pain by the end. 
Slay. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say is like I'm in charge of we do like monthly all hands days where like we all go to the same location and do some sort of like activity. And I'm the one that's in charge of deciding what we do. And I feel like I'm always looking at stuff like that. But I'm very conscious of the fact that like not everyone on the team has like the same physical like abilities and stuff. So it's kind of tough. Like I don't want to accidentally pick something that's like slightly ableist without like knowing and I feel like that's yeah. an example of like that's a really hard thing to do. So yeah, which and I'm sure that like I guess number one, my company like when I think about it from a dynamic standpoint, that's not really an issue. Which I guess could be a greater conversation in and of <laughs> itself. But we'll put a pin in that for now. Um, but I also, I mean, this wasn't the case for me, but I imagine that like you could have places like that are yeah. yeah, like they can be accommodating. Like yeah. I'm sure the only job wasn't hammering above your head. Like maybe right. you were even just like the, the person that uses the power saw. Like that doesn't take much yeah, exertion or, you know. There's probably a job for Even everyone. just like supervising, you know, yeah. just hang, hanging out. The vibe curator, some may say. <laughs> Important. Uh, which I did that when I was done, when I just didn't feel like hammering and I needed a little break. That's what I would say. I was like, I'm the vibe curator. I'm supervising. Love it. So. You never updated on um, the cape. Oh, yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. It was pretty rainy. Uh, I went in the hot tub a lot. And yeah, it was a good time. It's always a good time seeing uh, my friends from college. So yeah, recommend. We were in sandwich. Um, I liked sandwich. I did, in fact, get an ice cream sandwich that was the size of my head. Mm. And I didn't know that it was going to be that big. Uh, I just saw an ice cream sandwich on the menu and I said all right and I saw them pull out a cookie the size of a dinner plate and I was like oh okay how much was it it was like 10 bucks okay so yeah it was it was fairly priced for uh the amount of cookie and ice cream I mean there's probably an entire pint Mm. of ice cream on this cookie and and two dinner plate sized cookies um yeah I did not finish it safe to say but Amy might tell me hurt a little bit, but it was very good. <laughs> the town of Sandwich okay. is sandwiching. Yeah, truly. All right, let's get into our favorites. Um, My favorite. What's my favorite? My favorite is uh, I'm in my Lana Del Rey era these days. I, if you didn't Honestly know, regressing fully. No, seriously. <laughs> like I used to be a big Lana Del Rey fan. I've seen her in concert. I did wear a head chain to that concert, if it tells you anything yeah, about the time. Like, didn't you also um, get your selfie stick taken away at that? Or didn't you like, lose it I think it I something? did. I think, yeah. Well, I don't know where familiar. I remember that. Yeah, I think I did. I think they were like, I couldn't bring it in. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you could bring it back to your car. But like we had parked really far. And so I just like hit it in the bushes or something, and then I went to get it after, and it was gone. Something like that, yeah. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, may she rest in peace. But yeah, so I had a very significant Lana era earlier on in like Lana's career, like when the OGs mm-hmm. were coming out, like the Dark Paradise, the video games, you know, all those. Sure. And then I kind of fell off of the Lana train, like I would say, like honeymoon on. Like the the songs just didn't really like resonate with me as much, and I just like started listening to different types of music, and so I wasn't super up to date on like Blue Banisters or like when the new stuff came out. But she recently dropped a new album called. It's like a full sentence. Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? Is the name of the album. 
I did not know personally. No, I didn't. Um, Yeah, it came out in March, uh, late, late March this year. And I just have really been liking it. And I feel like it's getting me back into my like Lana era in general. Like I've been listening to like all the old stuff again. And like, I don't know. I just, I really like her vibes for like a specific type of drive or like walk. Mm -hmm. Like I just feel like it really hits sometimes. And the standouts to me on this album are um, Paris, Texas is my favorite. Um, It sounds like Coraline, people say. So if you like that Mm. vibe, check it out. Um, But there's also the – I also like Candy Necklace. I also like Let the Light In, which is um, Father John Misty's on the track. And she also has a song with Bleachers. Like it's a great Mm. album. And Jack Antonoff wrote half the songs on it Um, or like co-wrote, I guess, produced. I don't know. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just really good. And there's, um, interludes on it. So there's a Judah Smith interlude and then a John Baptiste interlude, which are literally just like men, like speaking indescript monologues over like very intense music. So that's kind of a fever dream, but otherwise yeah. big slide. <laughs> and like, I'm here for the artistry. I'm like, okay, Elizabeth Grant Slay. That's her real name. <laughs> if you didn't know. Oh, T. Yeah, her name um, is Elizabeth Woolridge Grant. Wow. That yeah. sounds very like old money. Presidential. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I mean, maybe that's why she sings so much about like old money. <laughs> I'm like, probably. She, maybe she has it. I don't know. Yeah. So true. Um, I feel like Lana was probably appropriate for the past week that we had. I feel like mm-hmm. a nice, like gloomy overcast is when yeah. you when you pop on some Lana. Um, this is unrelated, but tangential did you hear the rumors that taylor swift and maddie healy are yes but i also heard it's already been dispelled so i feel like i'm getting mixed signals on on the situation but she said london boy yeah she's well the thing is and i say this as a 1975 fan through and through uh if taylor swift is dating maddie healy that is a cry for help like she's we need to there needs to be an intervention we don't yeah Maddie Healy, I, I think he's a very attractive fella. I'm into sickly looking men, but I would not uh, date him. No, in any an serious capacity. Unhinged and concerning individual. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was trying to explain it to Ash today. I was like, mm-hmm. mm, we just, you know, I love him. If yeah. he came in here and wanted to hook up, I'd say absolutely. Uh, show me your tests, and then absolutely. <laughs> um, but would I bring him home to my mother? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, but this and is then a, I, like. We slightly separate the art from the artist situation. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I had to bring that up because it's been all over my TikTok. Um, for my favorite, I'm not going to talk a lot about it because if you have a TikTok account, uh, you know, Rare Beauty, Selena Gomez's brand came out with lip oils. I got two of them. I got Affection, which is like the deeper berry one, and then Hope, which is just like a nudie pink uh and they're a sleigh they're a big sleigh um i love them and i don't think i've made them a favorite i know i've talked to you about them but i don't think i've made them a favorite uh i've had them for a couple of weeks now and they're just what i like about them is that they're not at all sticky so when you first put them on they like look nice and you can go out but they stain your lips so it's nice because you can kind of just like put it on for the first time during the day and then like go about your day bring like lip balm and just like refresh Mm -hmm. that way and you still have a little bit of color that's kind of why i wanted the berry one because i figured it would be like a slightly darker like more noticeable stain 
that it would leave behind. And then I think like a, a classic nudie pink is always a good good color to go for. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to be using them a lot this summer. Uh, and you should get them. And they're $20, which is like, it's obviously more expensive than like drugstore, but it's not crazy. And we're yeah. Selena fans over here. And I feel so like you get a lot of product. Yeah, you get a lot of product. And like I said, like I feel like it's going to last forever. For, mm-hmm. for so long just like her blushes you you never have to repurchase a rare beauty blush that's for sure um so yeah definitely check it out if you've been thinking about it i like hesitated to pull the trigger for a while because i was like do i need it no uh but do i want it yes i do uh, and i'm glad i got it so pull the trigger i do have um a free sample of a few of the shades that i got in my sephora order but it's kind of weird like it, I guess I'll show you. It's kind of like it, how they keep – how they store pills in like those little like – Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I it's know like that mean. type of packaging. And so I don't huh. really know how to make it work with the product that it is. Like I feel like I yeah. need – Yeah. Yeah. So like, how I, do I, I apply haven't figured this? that out. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of weird. But I'm excited okay. to – once I figure it out, to try it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, go to a Sephora and steal their like mm-hmm. little doe foot. Like, you know, like the one yeah, that yeah. they keep – bad like the makeup remover steal one of those i do steal a spoolie every time i go to support. oh every time you yeah. have to yeah. it's the law that's mm-hmm. what they're there for what else are you <laughs> using a spoolie for yeah uh but yeah all right we're gonna take a quick ad break and then we'll be back to air out all of our childhood trauma for your listening enjoyment so stay tuned If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. All right, we're back, and we're ready to talk about our embarrassing dance stories. Most of these are embarrassing. Some are just sad. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we hope you like it. And just as a disclaimer... 
I think we said this the last time we did a dance episode too. Like, obviously we're going to be sharing some of like the less fortunate experiences that we had (laughs) as dancers, but like overall dance is like one of the best things in our lives. It's how we know each other where we were so grateful to grow up doing it and to continue doing it. But we did have some funny situations along the way. So why not have a laugh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think also for context, uh, if you are newer to the show and you haven't heard us talk about dance, uh, we were competition dancers Mm -hmm. growing up. So think more dance moms than dance academy. Yes. That's a good, that's good framing. Um, Yeah. Cause that we did like all styles. Yeah. Yeah. We had like a fall season where you were kind of preparing for competition and then we had a competition season in like winter spring and then we did like a recital in the summer and then people did like summer stuff on their own so it was like it's truly like year-round like dance doesn't really have like seasons yeah um and so yeah we'll get into it but i couldn't remember the name of this dance for the first story but kylie reminded me it was called topsy-turvy yeah and how could you forget (laughs) i i don't know i really couldn't remember and I don't know if this song is from something. Is it from like a musical? Like it's got to be from somewhere. It can't it's, just exist I'm independently. Look it up. It's it's unhinged. It's, I'm like it's actually a number one hit single. <laughs> There's a film called Topsy Turvy. Okay, maybe it's from that. Yeah, I don't know what it was uh, from, but basically the concept it was a humongous. Oh, the dance. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, okay, that checks out. Yeah. It was a huge dance. It was like a production. So there was probably like, I don't know, 30 people in it. Maybe that's too much. 20 to 30. A lot of people. Probably 20 to 30. Yeah. yeah. And um, our costumes were quite literally the most absurd thing I may have ever witnessed in my life up mm-hmm. until now. And yeah. they were basically this like, they were like checkerboard unitards. So like mm-hmm. think full bodysuit with sleeves and pants all attached in one piece. And then it had like a hood that you would put on that had like court jester looking accessories and how old were we maybe like 16 17 like junior i think like 16 yeah yeah so like think about yourself at that time and how you would feel about wearing this uh and performing this um it did well though (laughs) it was a crowd pleaser and my one interesting experience with that piece was i don't remember like what the situation was but there was at one point during the dance where you basically like held hands with someone um like you know you held both their hands they held yours and you like turned in a circle really fast and you kind of like you've probably seen people do this like they kind of like lean back and they like use their counterweight of each other to like spin and whatever and like balance upright yeah so like it was a pretty simple thing all things considered like we did much more advanced things in this dance but for (laughs) some reason and this was at a competition i don't remember how like far into the season it was but um, me and our friend Alana, we were partners for that part. And somehow, I think what it was is this, uh, the unitard even had like, it had like thumb holes. Like it went down like onto your hand even. And I think we like lost uh, grip on each other, like sweat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And Alana ended up <laughs> falling and like on her butt. But because we had built up so much momentum <laughs> while we were spinning, she literally spanned like a top, like, like so <laughs> fast. <laughs> so fast on the ground and like we were like front and center and she just spanned like I've never seen anyone spin before it was wild and like we like were trying to like maintain eye contact during the time because I was like is she like good and she was just like dying and I would pay so much money to see that video because I wonder how obvious it was like I don't know how just it was a chaotic dance like there's a lot going on so maybe you didn't even notice I feel like that's like a lot of dance in general like whenever you feel like you did really bad or like something went wrong it's very rarely actually noticeable unless you're doing like a solo. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I'd be curious Even if then it's not that it. noticeable. Because no yeah. one knows the choreography except you. Unless you just, like, stop dancing. Or fall. <laughs> but, yeah, very obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, it was – yeah, that was a good That's one. Because, like, funny. the situation itself was already crazy, like, with the costumes and just, like, the dance as a whole. And then for that to happen on top of it, just yeah. absolutely the most chaotic energy I've ever experienced, I think. Yeah, yeah. See, and this is what happened when we were doing the name game, is you telling that story made me think of two other stories. Mm. <laughs> So I'll tell them very quickly because I didn't put them in the script. The first being I had an experience with this dance where the dance started. Everyone was off stage and there were essentially oh, two lines on opposite sides of the stage. And we all were ho- like holding each other at the hip and we scooted onto the stage like backwards in a straight line. And there was one girl in front of me and then me. So I was the second person to come onto stage backwards and I don't know why I don't know how it happened but somehow she like the music started and she just yanked me Mm -hmm. like was like we have to get on stage now and I was not expecting to be fully yanked and completely lost balance and fell over and so the (laughs) whole line toppled on top of me (laughs) and it was the first like actually the first second of the entire yeah off to a great start just scrambling to get up so that was funny that was bad um and then I also thought of do you remember when we did all for the best and you and I were partners at one point and we were put in the back left corner. I remember being is- partners, but I don't remember something specific happening. But it was like a it was like a newsies esque type yeah. dance. So like we looked like men. Like yeah. we were dressed like Yeah. Also 1910s very like, men. Yeah. Also very musical theater, crowd pleaser type of dance. Yeah. And Anya and I were partners for a specific part and we were put in the back left corner. And I remember us like there was a running joke that, like, the back left corner was the worst spot to like be the in. Reject, like, you're, yeah. you're totally flopping if you're put in the back left corner. So we were like, we flopped, like, in our flop era. That's okay. And we were like, well, we're just going to put our absolute full pussies into this <laughs> part. Because that's what you do when you're in the back left corner. And then we did our first competition. Oh, yes, I did. And we were this. listening to the judges' comments. Because when you compete, the judges record, like, an audio recording while you're performing with corrections and you know things that you can do better things that went really well in the performance so that way you get some insight into what your score was um and one of the judges at the point in the dance where Anya and I were in the back goes the two girls in the back left corner are killing it they're absolutely <laughs> going for it and it was just a very validating experience yes back left corner yeah more like back sleigh corner yep that's so what true. I'm saying yeah um but anyways on to my first scripted story um so Anya was not in this dance I was probably like 10 or 11 when this yeah. when we did this this is good uh, um context actually so a lot of the stories like a contributing factor to a lot of the stories that we're going to tell is that I did not go to this studio from like birth. Like you went to the studio, yeah. like it was the only studio you ever went to. Yeah. I had gone to a different studio and I moved to ours when I was like, I don't know, maybe nine or 10 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of like early stories that don't involve me. And then there's also like a transition period of like when I was yeah. joining. So anyways, keep going. Yeah. So I was probably like, 10 or 11 and we did a jazz dance to the song ease on down from the musical the Wiz, which is based on the wizard of oz and we at the beginning of the season we all had to audition 
for the different roles. Dorothy, Toto, the Scarecrow, all that. And whoever did not get cast in a role would be the yellow brick road. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) And I remember our dance teacher, Sandy, being like, the yellow brick road is going to be like super like funky and like think like jazz, hip hop. And at the time, like that was kind of my shtick. Like I was tap and I was funky. That was me. Yeah. And so I was like, fuck, dude, like I'm going to be cast as the yellow brick road. Like... I, I'm a hundred percent the yellow brick road on paper. Like I can't. <laughs> so I, I in the audition, I remember I was trying so hard, like to absolutely flop at the yellow brick road part because I wanted to be Dorothy. I was a little brunette girl, and I was like, I will not stand for being the yellow brick road. Like I was meant to be Dorothy. And Sandy literally pulled me aside, and she was like, I know that you're not giving it your all. And every part of this audition, like, get it. Basically, she was like, act up, like, stop. I know what you're doing. And guess what? I was cast as the yellow brick road. Mm-hmm. So our costume, if in case you're wondering, was a yellow unitard. Uh, it didn't have a head, unlike the topsy turvy one. It was just like a like mock neck, long sleeve, long pant, yellow unitard, and they used sponges and gold paint to like blot on uh bricks uh all throughout the unitard we did have one singular brick right on our bums uh and then we wore a sponge in our hair that was a brick uh i used air quotes when i said that and yeah so i was made a literal piece of sidewalk for a dance (laughs) we did compete this dance at nationals because it won a competition i was like Stellar. I was just born <laughs> to be the yellow brick road. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, that wasn't great. I did uh bring it up to Sandy not that long ago. And I was like, that was honestly pretty fucked up, Sandy. I'm gonna be honest. I, ta- <laughs> I have talked about that in therapy. And she was like, Really? I was like, Yeah, I have. <laughs> I have well, actually. it's <laughs> the fact that you had to audition is a lot. Yeah. Like for and like what was the audition? Like you just well, learned the combo it, for Dorothy or yeah. whatever. And it, it was so bogus because it was so planted yeah they already knew it was, who was so gonna be. planted yeah, like absolutely. we all were taking guesses the only one that like there was a couple of us that could have been it was dorothy and you know what the girl who ended up being dorothy literally left the studio after that season so mm. honestly honestly <laughs> i'm a little mad <laughs> <laughs> um and then a side note with this is that at least for me Literally from the ages of like eight to 13, every single one of my costumes without fail was a unitard. Yeah. And there were a lot. If if you have been an eight to 13 year old, uh, your body does this thing called puberty during that exact time frame. And so then I sit here and I wonder, why do I have body dysmorphia? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why. Literally, one of them, we wore a gold unitard. Uh, which is different than a yellow unitard, in case you were wondering. And I literally wore it, and I walked out of my bedroom because I was trying it on, and my mom looks at my 10-year-old ass and goes, you look like a golden condom. And I looked at my mom and I said, what's a condom? <laughs> because yeah. I was 10. And that's how I learned what a condom was. Uh, and we had to literally wear sarongs because <laughs> because our camel toe was so bad in the costume. <laughs> that's so funny oh god i will say though like to give our studio credit i do think 
they did a really good job being age appropriate, like with all of our yes. dances. Like we never had like a dance mom's electricity type situation where like a dance was way too like scandalous or really? Which yeah. one? <laughs> it was called nitty gritty. Oh yeah. This was I don't think that was as bad though. It no, it, it wasn't, wasn't like at it yeah. will actually what it was was the girls who were in it it was actually age appropriate it was just yeah you me just and three other girls like leveled up yeah to it and that's the year that they were like we're gonna do something a little sexier and meanwhile i'm literally like eight yeah like shaking my hips to this song <laughs> called nitty gritty and my mom's like what did we do um, yeah and but i think uh, in general a lot of the selections like the songs and like the concepts were very like light age appropriate yeah yeah and also to their credit on like the unitard for whatever reason at this point in time unitard costumes were actually like a pretty thing. popular yeah they mm-hmm. were like kind of i don't know if i'd go so far as to say a trend maybe that's just the trauma talking but it wasn't unusual it was unusual to do it that many years in a row like by the end i was like i swear to god if i show up and they're telling me i'm going in a unitard i'm playing soccer this year like i'm i can't do this anymore <laughs> we're done uh but yeah that i i do agree they did do a good job of keeping it like pretty age appropriate my next one is not embarrassing but it's just like it's ironic so basically we went to, and not even like in an annoying way, we went to like one of the best studios that we would generally compete with. Like, mm-hmm. so it normally it was like us and like one or two other studios that would kind of like dominate the awards. Yeah. And that meant for solos, you we were mostly up against each other. Like, yeah. whenever placements were different or whatever, like when you got beat or someone wins first, you win second, like it was always against each other for the most part. Like we didn't really yeah. lose to other studios as much as we lost to each other, which makes an interesting friendship dynamic, which we could unpack yeah. a, at a later date. But um, we had what we called like optional competitions. So there was like studio wide competitions that everyone went to. And there was, I don't know how many a season, but you know, designated amount of weekends. And then we had optional competitions, which was the way it sounds optional. So if you wanted to go to this competition that not the rest of the studio was going to be at but if you wanted to like elect to do your solo or your duo or your trio or whatever you could pay for it and like enter yourself and yeah so um I was at an optional competition which meant there were like maybe three of us doing it uh from our studio so it wasn't like as big of a competition in that sense against each other Mm -hmm. and so I actually one title which is like a thing that competitions do where you're like miss whatever miss star quest miss headliners miss whatever and you get like a sweatshirt and it's like a whole thing and they basically like judge all of your dances so like if you did two mm-hmm. solos like they would both contribute to the title so whatever i had like never won anything period <laughs> i had like <laughs> never won anything that big like not even close ever before like generally if i placed it was like between five and ten and like I said I was just losing to like everyone else from our studio like all the time yeah and so this was funny because we were at the optional and there was like three of us and so I ended up winning title but literally everyone that came to watch me like my parents my boyfriend at the time like everyone left because it was super late like the competition was running super late into the night and I never won anything so they were like whatever like we're not going to stay for awards but like enjoy (laughs) (laughs) and I was old enough to drive I think I was like 18 so I was like all right yeah fair enough and so everyone leaves and then I actually won and there's no (laughs) one there to clap for me or be happy for me at all (laughs) and like this is a first time thing like I have never won anything this big and 
there's absolutely no one there. So I think I just celebrated with um, our friend Haley and like her parents. I think we like did something afterwards, like got ice cream Aww. or something. Um, but yeah, it was so funny. And like I got home and I knew that my mom would like feel terrible about it. Cause like, what are the odds that the yeah. literal like one awards ever that she misses is the one that I actually like win. Yeah. Um, and I remember I got home and she was like, Oh, how'd it go? And I was like, um, <laughs> I literally like, have the sweatshirt on. I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> it went pretty well yeah <laughs> you know like so oh, she never missed an awards again and i never placed yeah. again probably <laughs> honestly i was gonna say it's like you gotta we you should have told them to leave every time after that. yeah true good luck like, when you guys leave it works no it's just good <laughs> luck when our it. studio's not there that's what it is <laughs> yeah so true so true um my next story this is the one that i told in the name game in case anyone was wondering uh so it's always the musical theater numbers, isn't it? That's just where the mayhem. Yeah. Uh, I guess that is you know the trend. That, what's that TikTok sound that's like, it is wackadoodle time. Mm-hmm. It is wackadoodle time. The musical theater numbers are wackadoodle time. So our senior year of high school, we did a number to Thoroughly Modern Millie, also a pretty popular musical. It was like the title track from mm-hmm. Thoroughly Modern Millie. And that's, like, when does it take place? Like, the 20s or something? Yeah, yeah, like, kind of Flapper-esque. Yeah. So, our costume, we had these black bob wigs. Like, think a classic, like, Flapper hairstyle. That's what the wigs looked like. And this wasn't a competition. This was, like, one of... It was Santa fun. So it's like a benefit show. Fun. Like we did, we yeah. would do like charity performances sometimes. Yeah. But it was always yeah. the kickoff of the season. Like normally mm-hmm. we would have been practicing all of our competition dances for a few months and yeah. this would be in like December. So it would kind of be like our trial our, run for like the yeah. season, if that makes sense. Like our first time on yeah. stage. So Sandy, I literally remember like gathered us in a circle and was like, if any of your wigs fall off, on this stage like you are out of the dance your wig better be secure yeah and so i had no less than one million bobby pins (laughs) in my head uh to secure this wig and we go on stage and we perform this whole number it's it's going great we're having a great time and at the very very end like last 15 seconds of this dance me and our friend Alana run from the back up to the front and we do this little shimmy shimmy thing and then we hit the ending pose. And I, Alana kind of like runs up the side and I run up the center stage. So her and I run, I do my little shimmy shimmy and I bring my head back because I'm, I'm going for it. And as I bring my head up, my wig just slides down <laughs> like I secured it with butter. Um, and so I hit my ending pose in my little wig cap. And then I locked myself in the bathroom and cried for about <laughs> 20 minutes until Sandy barged on the door and said, get out of there. And I was like, she can't kick me out of this dance if I live in this bathroom forever. Uh, and I come out. And she she literally said to me, she goes, you know, Kylie, right after I said that and I walked away, all I could think to myself was, Kylie's wig is going to fall off. She was like, I don't know she why. She had a feeling. She just intuitively she, No, knew. she literally was like, the whole time I was just like, why? Like, I just feel like Kylie's wig is going to fall off. And I know I watched her bobby pin it. I know she did it. But her wig's going to fall off. And then I guess um, at the time, our friend Sid was injured. So she didn't do Santa Fund. So she was sitting with Sandy. And not even a second before my wig fell off she turned to sandy and goes no one's wig fell off 
Yeah. So they were conspiring against me. Um, I wasn't kicked out of the dance. And my wig was sewn into my head uh, for the rest of the season. So it didn't fall off. Um, But yeah, so... It was hurtful for two reasons. Number one, the Sandy spiel, and then her being like, I just know Kylie's wig is going to fall off. Like, I just absolutely jinxed Kylie, and her wig is going to fall off. So that was hurtful. That was, like, the first reason it was hurtful. The second reason, (laughs) more importantly, that it was hurtful was because actually, like, three years later, uh, we, our studio has an Instagram account, and obviously we follow it. And a post gets posted, and I think it was promoting, like, the competition team like i think it was Mm -hmm. promoting the company and they used the photo (laughs) from santa fund of our ending pose where i am dead center in a goddamn wig cap (laughs) no editing nothing they just no context it's just me looking like we're fully graduated at this point like we're like about to graduate college (laughs) this photo resurfaces i think i talked about this in therapy too oh my god it was awful i was so mad and my mom still works for the studio so i went to my mom and was like what the fuck is this can we like talk to someone about it down i know who it was that runs the instagram account i literally was like katie what the fuck (laughs) take this down so yeah that was pretty hurtful i'm not gonna lie yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think the wigs for this dance in general were a moment, but I always felt strongly yeah. that we should have all gotten wigs in like closer to our own hair colors. Like if that was yeah. an option, like if we could have gotten like some people had blonde, some people had brown, like it would have looked more normal on stage. And also it would have looked better on all of us because like me with a black bob was a jump scare, honestly. Yeah, but yeah. I remember there was also a time I did a dance to uh, like an Adams Family song and we were all Wednesday mm-hmm. Adams and someone forgot their wig for a competition. Uh, so a girl that we danced with, Kimmy, yeah, just she had her own long, hair. straight black hair. So she just braided her own hair and no one knew. Yeah. No one was any wiser. Like it was so funny. But yeah, I do agree. We should have like kept it to our, our natural hair color. But yeah. Um, my next one is more just like an ongoing concept that would happen a lot. So remember how I said earlier how I joined this studio, not like late, but you know, years later than everyone else, pretty much everyone else Mm -hmm. at our studio had been there since they were like a tiny dancer. And I joined, I think I was like 10. I came from a different studio. And so I think there was a lot of me having to prove myself to our studio owner like over the years which is Mm -hmm. fair like I was coming from a place that didn't have like as rigorous of training so I definitely had like technical catch-up to do if I wanted to like be in the groups with people that I wanted to be in and whatever Mm -hmm. um but there was this there was this like turning point where I felt like my technique and like my skills had progressed to like very appropriately be part of the groups but like the casting was kind of still lingering and so I wasn't being put in those but mm-hmm. everyone would always assume that I was in them. Yeah. And this happened so often. And it was so frustrating because obviously I'm already upset that I like am not in this piece. And it was just like constant like salt to the wound of them being like, yeah. oh, we have this coming up. And I'm like, I'm literally not in that. Like, <laughs> like it just, it would happen so often. Yeah. Um. So that's on improving faster than expected, I suppose, which is a good yeah. problem to have. But yeah, yeah, it was just, it was all the time. All the time they would be like, oh, we have this rehearsal. And I was like, why are you telling me this? Like, I'm not in it. And they're like, you're not? And I was yeah. like, no. Like, 
Well, literally to this day, there was one dance where I was like, oh yeah, remember when we did Ruby Blue and you were like, Kylie, I literally wasn't in that uh, yeah, dance. Yeah, I was not in that dance. Ago, and I wasn't in it. Yeah. I would say like that was my my experience largely from like, I would say like 12 to 14 was kind of like being yeah. sort of between levels and like knowing I was ready for the higher one, but having to like prove myself as like an outsider that I was ready. Um, yeah. But then after that, like I would say like 14 on, like I was in all of the like default groups yeah. that you would expect like we were of everything together from that point on but yeah yeah there was a big prove myself period which I could, yeah. should probably unpack at some point yeah personally yeah. but here we yeah. are but I did so it worked out <laughs> yeah <Slight. laughs> um my last story is I found out that I'm allergic to amoxicillin which is in the penicillin uh antibiotic family two days before competing my very first solo uh so I think I was like eight or nine at the time and my very first solo was a tap solo I was a little tap girly um and my costume for contacts was like little shorts and like a halter top so my legs were exposed my entire like back and shoulders were exposed because I was like nine and that's cute and I don't remember exactly what I had if I had to guess because I was a little snotty kid I probably had like a sinus infection of some sort snotty kid please and all kids are snotty. They're snotty and they're sticky. Um, <laughs> Ew. And this was like my first time being put on any sort of antibiotic. And amoxicillin, I guess, is the one that my doctor tends to prescribe. So they put me on amoxicillin. Unbeknownst to anyone, I am allergic to amoxicillin. Thankfully, not anaphylactic allergic. Mm -hmm. But I broke out in hives from quite literally head to toe. I mean, from like it was on my scalp. It was all over my face, chest, arms, back, like everywhere. Uh, and I went to the doctor and obviously I stopped taking amoxicillin, but it takes a couple of days for it to like get out of your system and then for the rash to clear up. So I was feeling fine come time to compete, but I still had the full rash. And you know what they say, the show must go on. So I competed my very first solo with a full rash. And in hindsight, it probably wasn't even that noticeable from stage. But obviously when you're nine and you've been waiting to get a solo, I was also like from ages like I don't know, seven to like 11. It was me and three other girls that like kind of constantly moved levels together. Like the four of us were always sort of like put a level up for mm -hmm. group dances at that time. And the three of them had already gotten solos and I didn't get one. And so it was finally my time to have a solo. I was so excited. I was like, this is my moment. And I'm just a little rashy girl. Um, so if you're ever with me in an emergency, make sure you tell the, <laughs> the paramedics yeah. that I'm allergic to amoxicillin. True. Uh, I won't die, but I will be unhappy and grumpy, um, which is arguably worse. So <laughs> please. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was no good. I was so upset. My poor mom was like, we were so excited. And then she was just like, all right, there goes my itchy kid right on yeah. the stage. Good well, luck. I think it's funny. Like we would do so many competitions a season 
And I just think it's yeah. funny that like you still chose to do like you were gonna have another chance probably like two weeks later. You could have just skipped this one. Yeah, but yeah, but I was like, I, like I said, I was nine. Yeah, my mom was gonna. It look was at definitely me like, like your idea to yeah. Still oh, hundred. I was like, mom, I'm so serious. I'll get emancipated. Like, if this you- is show business. <laughs> like, <laughs> and my poor mom is like literally watching me to make sure I don't just like stop breathing from amoxicillin. <laughs> um. Our last story is we had this dance uh, senior year and we always had kind of like one standout like contemporary dance that, you know, would do pretty well. And this was the the Mm -hmm. version of that our senior year. And I would say in general in dance seniority, at least at our studio, was a really big thing. Like, yeah, you waited like all these years until you were a senior and you would get all these special privileges like standing in the front, going first for across the floor. Normally you got like a special dance or two like senior year was a big deal at our studio yeah and so we do this contemporary dance it's a beautiful song and we're noticing like well as the piece is coming together and getting choreographed that like there would be moments where it seemed like every senior would get like their own you know time to shine like count of eight where they were the only ones dancing little solo moment highlighted dancers yes Yes. And so it's like going around, everyone's kind of getting their part throughout the dance and whatever. And then we're like at the end. And I think we were the only two that didn't get a special part. (laughs) And did, was anything done about it? I I don't even remember. Did we just not have it? We just didn't have one. Yeah. No, we just didn't have one. Yeah. So like, what was up with that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah what do you remember that sound from dance moms that's like what do you know the two bitches are like <laughs> yeah literally yeah yeah was... no we never got one and uh that dance i will not name it because i don't want you guys to go look it up i mean you, you could probably do enough digging if you wanted to but yeah it's on youtube and i we watched it like somewhat recently remember like you yeah. came over and i like had it open and you were like what is this like why are you <laughs> watching was, like, that it off. <laughs> get it away um, um yeah so it's a shame that it has such a bad like taste in our mouth because I it know. was really nice it was nice dance but yeah and it would have you know, been even better if and it would have been even yet. better yeah mm-hmm. we're pretty talented yeah um this does remind me this is my last like tangential story but at our recitals senior year there would normally be like a very short senior dance mm-hmm. um where it was like kind of similar it would be like a very basic like contemporary style dance and each senior would get a highlighted like moment in the dance and it you know you wore your college t-shirt where you were going uh and then at the end of it we all like stood in a line and told everyone where we were going what we were doing after uh graduating high school and i don't know how this happened but this dance would always combine both competition dancers and any like rec dancers from our studio because our studio did have a rec program of kids that didn't compete And somehow one of the rec girls, and she wasn't the only one, like there were other rec girls that were already in the dance, but one of them got left out. Like Mm -hmm. the studio just didn't realize she was a senior or what. So obviously her mom found out that they were doing the senior dance and her daughter had been left out and went to our studio owner and was like, what's good? And our studio owner was like, I'm so sorry. It was a complete accident. Like, let's get her in the dance. We'll figure this out. And I remember her coming to our rehearsal and we had already had it completely choreographed and it was timed so that each solo, like, there wasn't a way for us to just be like, okay, and we'll just add your solo in at yeah, this part. Yeah, like everyone had their designated, like, 15 seconds or whatever it was. And so this is going to call Anya out, but it's See, calling everyone I out. I actually don't remember this, like, at all. 
Like, I, I don't even remember doing the dance on stage. I don't even remember there being yeah. a senior dance. I'm sure there was. I don't think I'm making it up, but I just seriously have no recollection of this whatsoever. So what happened was, I'm like, I remember. Because <laughs> what happened was, the girl comes in. I don't remember her name for the life of me, but she comes in and Sandy, our dance teacher, explains, like, the situation to us. And she's like, someone will have to share their solo moment with her. Like, is anyone willing to do it? And you all stood <laughs> looking away and I'm looking around and Sandy's making dead fucking eye contact with me. Yeah. I'm like, she's like, this is nice. a joke. Yeah. This is a joke. And you're all not looking. You're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not in this dance. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I, I didn't get my old skin. Oh, I said it. Sorry. You it up. <laughs> I didn't get my old skin solo. I didn't get my senior dance solo. I was robbed. I was a yeah. sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, though, I feel like I deserved my 10 second solo after all the years of being left out of the dances I should have been in. So I'll give it to myself. And I would still do that to this day. I'm not sharing my solo slot. Hell no. I'm not raising my hand. Why would I do that? I'm too much of a freaking people pleaser. Yeah, you Honestly, are. no. 25 year old Kylie, I don't think would do that. 18 year old Kylie. And uh, again, there was di- the dynamic of like my mom worked at the studio. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you gotta be, even though our studio owner's daughter was also a senior. So, in my opinion, we can cut this out if you want, but in my <laughs> opinion, <laughs> it probably should have been her. But mm. I mean, in my opinion, I really I don't feel like there was no possible way they couldn't have just like shortened everyone's solos a little bit to like have an extra eight seconds yeah. for this girl to do one. Like that would have been the well, ideal solution. We just weren't thinking yeah. that I well. well, and I also think that recital was like actually in a week. So to like go back and like retime the entire dance, mm. I, I think that's, I think it was like, I don't know. I didn't think that critically about it. I was just sad. <laughs> <laughs> a theme, so, honestly. Anyways. Those are our stories. I'm like, I'll let you know if I think of any other ones. Can you imagine we just add a segment? We're like, yeah, this is a weekly embarrassing embarrassing story. story. Yeah. Uh, But do you see what I mean? Where they just, once you start talking about them, they come out of the woodwork. They're they're all somewhere like deep, deep in the archives. (laughs) And yeah, but funny enough, all of these were about like, well, not all, but most of them were about like stage related situations. It's kind of surprising that we don't have any like embarrassing ones from just like class and stuff, but- I feel like it's twofold. Number one, we were all just so like close with each other because we had to be because we spent yeah. so much time together that I feel like it nothing was that embarrassing. Yeah. Like nothing stereotypically embarrassing was that embarrassing in front of everyone because it's like yeah. embarrassment is kind of affected by the audience that observes whatever yeah. happens. Like even if someone so think- like got their period or something like in a normal situation, that would be like shocking. But like to us that spend literally like 20 hours yeah. a week together, we were like, okay, you need a oh, tampon. Yeah. Like- <laughs> we're like, go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I feel like on like some stuff happened on that spectrum. And then I think on the other spectrum, some stuff was just so traumatizing. You just can't remember we- it. <laughs> yeah. We either can't remember it. I don't think we would categorize it as embarrassing or we'd mm-hmm. be able to uh, – laugh about it now yeah <laughs> but um so yeah i think that's why it's and like stage it's just like obviously higher stakes um, yeah so we re- we remember it more yeah but that those are our stories um feel free to send us any embarrassing dance or otherwise stories uh, mm-hmm. in our anonymous suggestion box to make us feel better about ourselves um because yeah this was a this was a vulnerable episode it's true <laughs> it is true things yeah um but yeah, I was thinking of sending this episode to Zach 
and just being like, I think you'll learn a lot about who I am as a person. <laughs> as a result of this, yeah. To this episode. <laughs> I feel like I am actually an advocate for, in general, like, uh, normalizing dance, like, failures, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. because I think it's such a perfectionist, yeah. like, activity and art form to be a part of that, like, yeah. you need to, like, spread the word about these situations or otherwise it's like just so toxic like even the other day I just posted a TikTok where I was trying to film myself do good dancing and I was just falling out of everything and so I just like made a compilation of me falling out of everything and I was like romanticizing yeah like yeah everyone has those days so like yeah it's just a thing but no that's really true it's a very easy sport to take too seriously and it's like it should be like we did take it very seriously and also like especially if you're a kid like it's more more serious and important things are going to happen in your life it's okay yeah <laughs> it's okay if you had an embarrassing dance moment and it's okay if you have more embarrassing dance moments to come who's to say yeah but it's true we're on stage so you never know what could happen i'm like the second i walk into a rehearsal and someone's like i'm thinking wigs i'm like <laughs> no Drops i'm thinking it. yellow brick i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> unitard perfect not again <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you guys liked this episode and you know what to do. You can follow us on Instagram, submit to our anonymous suggestion box, all of those things. And we will be back with another episode next week. Stay tuned. 